Hello Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. What's up Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators and big news for the UF football program on Monday as the Gators released a new video of their future football complex. We'll break that down on today's show. We'll also hit on where Dan Mullen has been on the recruiting trail the past couple days and some more postseason accolades for four of his players. We'll also speak to James Littles on today's show. He's a former college player and coach, a big recruit Nick and a Florida fan, so we'll get his thoughts on the Gators. But first things first, want to get into this new football complex that we got to see more video of on Monday. And we also learned what the name of the building will be as UF announced that it will be called the James W. Bill Heavener Football Training Center after another major donation from the longtime Florida football supporter. And Gators AD Scott Strickland was excited to announce the news, saying it's an important investment for our present and also our future to have a guy like Bill associated with it. You're talking about one of the more devoted and generous fans, but also one of the most positive. Part of the reason he is a great leader and a great success is that he is always looking for the good in things and people and programs. Heavener said we've got a great coach in Dan Mullen, and in order to be competitive, we need a great facility like some of the other schools in the SEC. We're certain that with the right resources, coach will bring us another national championship. I'm excited to be part of that. And I think Florida fans everywhere were really excited when they saw this video on Monday. Now, this latest gift from Heavener just adds to what he's already contributed to the UF football program and athletics department. He's also contributed to the Heavener School of Business, Heavener Hall, the Heavener Football Complex, and also supports Gator Vision and a scholarship endowment. So Bill is a big part of this football program and this university, and his help is going to allow the Gators to compete in this arms race. Florida is still in the midst of raising $155 million for their three-phase facilities master plan. They've already completed phase one with the indoor practice facility, the Odins Hawkins Center, and the renovations to Exactech Arena. Phase two included the renovations to the softball stadium, as well as Florida's new baseball stadium, which is under construction and has an estimated budget of $65 million. And the last phase is the football training center, which everybody is waiting for. This is an $85 million project that will begin construction following the 2020 baseball season and will be completed by the winter of 2021. And there was a whole lot to check out in the new renderings that they put out this week. It starts off with the overview where you can see the new training center next to the O-Dome and the practice fields. And I love how the new football complex is going to be connected to the IPF. I think it's a perfect setup and really makes the most of that space. And there's a lot of amenities to like about this new training center. You have the cabana style pool that we saw outside and, and that thing looked like a resort. And there were hammocks out there as well as an outdoor basketball court. And then when you go inside, there's a team area with a lounge. And that included a barber shop, a recording studio, table tennis, certainly a video game area. It looked like a really nice setup for the players to just kick back and relax when they're not focusing on football. And the new weight room for Nick Savage and his strength staff is actually going to be adjoining to the indoor practice facility. So it's going to be an easy transition for the players 
going from the weight room to the football field. They also showed a state-of-the-art training area in the video, as well as a refueling station. There was a big workspace on one of those floors for the coaches and assistants to get after it. And then Dan Mullen had his own office in the northwest corner of the building with a nice view of the practice fields, as well as the pool and basketball courts. But I can't really do the new complex justice just by talking about it. Make sure you go watch the video if you haven't already. It is going to be a game changer for this Florida football program and definitely going to help them when they go out on the recruiting trail. And that's where Dan Mullen and his assistants have been the past few days trying to have a strong finish to the early signing period. Mullen had an in-home visit this week with five-star tight end Darnell Washington, as well as new Gators commit Jalen Lee out of Louisiana. Lee committed to the Gators earlier this month after decommitting from LSU, and he's a big piece to Florida's defensive line class, which may be the best in the nation. And if the Gators can reel in five-star tight end Darnell Washington, that might give them one of the best classes in the country overall. Washington has already made his official visit to Florida, taking the trip back on October 4th. He's also taken official visits to Alabama, Georgia, and Miami this past weekend. He's got a trip scheduled to Tennessee this weekend, and then he'll just be a few weeks away from his decision date. And you have to think when Dan Mullen had his in-home visit this week, he was selling the production of Florida tight end Kyle Pitts, who earned another accolade on Tuesday, named to the coaches All-SEC first team, along with Florida defensive end Jonathan Grenard and cornerback C.J. Henderson, who was already announced that he's going to skip his senior season and the bowl game to turn pro for the NFL draft. Florida senior linebacker David Reese II was also named to the coaches' All-SEC second team. When we come back from this first break, we'll be joined by James Littles to talk some Florida football and recruiting. You're listening to Locked on Gators, your team every day. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other great offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. We're now joined by James Little, a.k.a. Coach Jay. He joins us on the Locked On Gators podcast to talk some Florida football, Florida recruiting. He's a big recruitment himself. And I would consider him a Florida Gators expert. James, welcome to the show, my man. How's it going? What's going on, Zachary? I'm doing good. Just, uh, you know, football season has came and went. And now uh, we're getting ready for bowl season and, and recruiting season, which is always something you and I both enjoy. An exciting time of the year. Huh? Definitely, man. Definitely. Well, I, I want to bring you in, I think, the only proper way that I can. And for the folks that have followed me, that have listened to me for several years, they know that I've been a big Kyle Trask fan, a big Kyle Trask guy. And there was kind of a, a reason rooted in that. And it was it was his recruiting story and, and kind of how he got discovered at Florida, how he earned a scholarship. And, and I was always someone that just, hey, man, if he gets a shot, that would be awesome and I'd love to see what he could do with the opportunity. Well, we found out in 2019 what he could do with the opportunity, leading the Gators to a 10-win season. But it all traces back to a camp at Friday Night Lights when he camped in front of Jim McElwain and Doug Messmeyer and earned a scholarship offer from the Gators. Now, at that time, he was pretty much unknown to Florida fans, to Florida writers, and unknown to you as well, James, when you came to Friday Night Lights that night. And I sent out this tweet back on – July 26, 2015. 
It says, the source of mine who played and coached for several years singled out Kyle Trask to me at Friday Night Lights. He had no idea who he was, but he called him, quote, deadly accurate. And that next day, Kyle Trask earned the offer from the Gators and committed. And as we all know now, the rest, as they say, is history. Take me back to that night, James. What did you see from Kyle that day that made you call him deadly accurate? And can you just describe what it's been like to see him go from that to Florida starting quarterback this year? We were both out actually looking at a few other quarterbacks and a few other players that day. And I can recall every time he stepped up, I was like, who is that? Like every pass was like in stride, on point, before the break. It was like everything was done right. And I was comparing him at one point to or putting him up against uh, Allen. And I was like, man, this guy is way better than that. So he just stood out. And I think that same night there was another kid that was committed to Clinton or going to Clinton that was also there. And he just looked better, stood out amongst all the quarterbacks that was at the camp by far. Now, he, he was able, obviously, to get his shot at Florida. You got to see some of him against Missouri and some of the other times that he got into games. But when Felipe Franks went down, how did you think Kyle was going to do? And what do you make of of what he's done with this opportunity? I feel like two years ago he would have done a great job and probably would have helped save McElwain's job. (laughs) So when he actually got the chance against Missouri last year, I was like, whoa, we might see a change. So when this year came around and Kentucky came up, I – once he got in the game, I knew he was going to win. It was like, okay, now we'll settle down and we'll win the football game. So it, I, I was always confident in trash. And I can recall looking at his high school tape, and all of his high school tape was based off practice. But he did good in practice. Like, he literally had no highlight tape against another team. But you can tell he was good just by turning on the tape. And, and you called him – deadly accurate that night and I think this season he's proven to be deadly accurate with the football what is it about the way that he throws and delivers the ball and and, and just reads the field that do you think allows him to have so much success he beat the break so he throw the receivers open he's throwing before they make their cut so that's kind of hard to defend as a DB because you're you're watching the receiver and you're trying to break down a receiver and the ball's in the air. The receiver had the advantage because he know where he's going and where the ball's supposed to be. So it make it kind of hard and make a quarterback accurate when they throw the ball out of the break. And it, it just gives the, the receiver an opportunity to make the play before the DB get a chance to make it. No doubt. I mean, we haven't seen four quarterbacks throwing passes like that for a long time. So A long time. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's been something to see. Now, it hasn't just been the Kyle Trash show. We got to see Emory Jones a lot this season. Now, over the years, you, you've made a lot of predictions to me and uh, projections on players, and I think nine times out of ten, they, they come out right, including a big boy who went to Oregon. Jordan Scott, baby. Yeah, Jordan Scott. He, he's going on to be a stud for the Ducks, and you were really upset when the Gators lost his commitment, but – I know that when we got into the 2018 recruiting cycle and Florida was looking for quarterbacks, this is back 
when Jim McElwain was still the coach before Dan Mullen was even on the horizon. And you were high on a guy really early in that process. And, in fact, you told me if the Gators get him, they will win a national championship with him. And, and the player that you were talking about was Emory Jones. Why were you so high on him back in high school? And what do you think about how he's been able to come to Florida and fit in with Dan Mullen's offense? Well, I kind of get tipped off on some players by a few other coaches, actually. And usually they'll tell me, hey, go watch such and such and, and tell me what you think of him. Or go watch this player. Another player was Dalvin Cook after his sophomore year, Zach. Don't forget about that. Number 22 <laughs> at Central, baby. But some of those kids like Cook and like Emory, like after their sophomore year, they just look so far ahead of everybody else. And it was just his poise and his confidence then. I think I told you about that. He don't get rattled. He didn't get rattled as a sophomore. And I knew as he grew, he was only going to get better. And you can see, I think he was a five-star going into his junior year, right? He was. It was him and Trevor Lawrence was like the first and second quarterback that year. Now, he didn't do anything to hurt himself to drop from a five-star, but he dropped from a five-star for whatever reason. Some of what contributed to that, too, was the fact that he had two other studs in the state in Lawrence and Justin Fields. Yeah. And and those yeah. guys rose up the rankings. Yeah. They and and deserve it so they they both are good quarterbacks. And we can see that today. But so is Emory. We just haven't had an opportunity to see a full size sample of what he can do. But Emory's a really good quarterback and he's gonna be a really good quarterback once he get a chance to be the starting quarterback at the University of Florida. After studying him and you know having some people tell you about him, it seems like you felt like he had the intangibles to win a championship at Florida. What do you think now about pairing those intangibles with a coach like Dan Mullen? Because you wanted to see him at UF even before Mullen was hired. I have to think that once Mullen got the job, you thought that that was just a match made in heaven when you consider his skill set. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. He matched the system perfectly. And I think everybody's pretty much saying that. But if you look, if you go back and you look at some of his high school film, like he's running a lot of the same stuff that Mullen ran at Mississippi State and try to run this year in the past two years. Try, but once you get Emory in at quarterback, you're going to be able to run that system, and he's the perfect guy for it. We now head into 2020 spring ball. We know that Felipe Franks is no longer part of this quarterback room. You have to think that Kyle Trask is in good standing to keep the starting job, but you know that Dan Mullen is going to continue to use and play Emory Jones. How do you see this shaking out next year? And what do you think, just in your estimation, is, is the best way to, to try and get something out of both guys and keep them both happy, most importantly? That's going to be a hard one for Coach Mullen. I just feel like we probably need to see more Henry. And not that Kyle Trask is doing anything wrong. It's just that Emory can do so much right. For example, I was just about to start off with this. We couldn't run the ball, but when Emory came in, we could run the ball. So what does that tell you? If we want to run the ball more, put in a quarterback that can run the ball. And even if he's not running, the threat of him running and handing the ball off will open up some lanes. Our offensive line right now, they did good at zone concepts and 
the running scheme of it. So we need to do more of that with this line, especially if they come back and continue to be the same way they were this year. I think the one thing that Dan can do in the spring and definitely once they get into the fall, as Emory Jones get playing time, is I think for him to just receive more of it. And and what I mean by that is get him to the point where the staff feels like he can go out there and execute a full series. And now he's getting into the game in the first or second quarter or in the third or fourth quarter, and he's having a whole drive to himself as opposed to just coming in, pulling him out for Kyle Trask in order to keep Emory happy and also to keep him developing to where he eventually can take over for Kyle. I think you're going to see a two-quarterback system kind of develop to where Kyle is still the starter. He's still playing the majority of the snaps, but when Emory gets in, it's going to be for a whole series, and he's going to be able to run the full scope of the offense. Yeah, I'd agree. I believe in Coach Mullen, and I'm sure those kids do too, so he's probably telling Emory all the right stuff. And Emory believes it, and he should. I mean, look at his body of work. So I can see where he, he's been telling him to uh, be patient and trust the process. He, he really got to do that. Once his, his time, he has two years to do what he needs to do. I feel like if we bring back a good enough defense next year, uh, aggressive enough defense on the back end, we'll probably end up winning the championship next year with both of those guys. You heard it here first, Zach. I, I, and I know I also heard it from you first that uh, if Kyle Trask got a shot that, that he could play at Florida, and you were proven right on that, how good do you feel about your prediction that Emory Jones will win a national championship at Florida? Do you, you see that happening one day? I do. I see it happening next year, as I just said. I think next year we return enough in Emory and, and Kyle. If we can find some solid receivers out of this bunch, few players can step up. I think that running back room will probably be better, end up using a better rotation of handoff this year. And if we can sure up something on the back end on the defense, we're a scary team next year. Now, before I let you go, I, I do want to get your thoughts on recruiting. A new quarterback is going to be added to the room soon, and Anthony Richardson, in fact, he might have the opportunity to work with the team during the bowl practices. First of all, what do you think about him being added to the mix and, and Dan Mullen just getting another one of his guys he recruited specifically at the position to run his offense. I think Richardson is a really good quarterback. And he's kind of in the mold of Emory a little bit as far as how confident he is, how he don't get rattled, how patient he is, height, weight, pretty much the same. His game isn't as good as Emory in high school, but he's a good quarterback. Uh, I think he's a, a pretty accurate quarterback. They're probably going to get him in and work with him a little bit more. And as he get a grasp of the speed of the game and it's starting to slow down for him after year two, then he'll probably be ready to go. Don't look for him to play next year. And if he has to play next year, we're in trouble. But I think Anthony Spritzman is going to be a really good quarterback. You have him come in, get, get his feet wet, take a red shirt, get some experience as a red shirt freshman, and then be in a position where he can take over for Emory Jones. And I think in a perfect world, that's how Dan Mullen's quarterback room and depth chart would probably play out. Now, just on the overall 2020 class, the Gators right now in the top 10, they have a chance to move up more if they land some of their, their top targets down the stretch. Outside of the quarterback position, just what are your overall thoughts on this class, some of the top guys that they've got committed so far? 
All right, I'll start with the top guy. I'm going to ask you a question. Everybody agree that Dexter should be a five-star, correct? Would you, would you agree with that? I, I do, and I, I know uh, Gator Nation does. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go further than that, Zach. I'm going to say Dexter should be ranked the number one high school player in the country. And here's why. He's a defensive tackle from the state of Florida with more tackles and more sacks than five-star linebackers this year. Tell me how many times that that happened and the kid was ranked a four-star. Especially at the defensive tackle position. Usually when you – Especially at defensive tackle. That's hard. It's it's hard to make 30 to 40 tackles at defensive tackle. This kid has over 100. That's unheard of. And he's ranked a four-star. Get out of here with that. This kid is not only a five-star defensive tackle, but he's the number one player in high school this year. You feel like his his ranking and his status should be more geared towards the Rashawn Garys and let's even go farther, the Omar Hunters. I mean, he, he should be up there in terms of the ranking. Exactly. He, he really should. And he played as they played in high school. And he played – he did all of this in the state of Florida. I want to keep stressing that. He did all of this in the state of Florida against really good talent while getting double team, triple team, and he still made a way. Yeah, he's bullying kids out there. He, he still made a way. Coaches schemed against him, ran away from him all year. You can, you can look at his, high, at, at his tape, and this is all you got to do to rank a player. Turn on the tape. Don't look at him all the time in shorts and T-shirts. Turn on the tape and look at him with the helmet and shoulder pads on. That'll tell you a lot because that's where the game is played and how it's played. And he's definitely the type of player that comes in and right away because of his size can be a difference maker for Florida on one of the most important positions. I mean, we know this is a line of scrimmage league. Oh, without a doubt. I, I, I really do feel like he's a day one impact player. Now, he's going to have to adjust to the speed of the game just like any kid do that goes from high school to college. But once he get it, once that light clicks, oh, he's going to be scary for years to come. Appreciate James for his time and perspective, and that'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we discussed the new football complex for the Gators and the video that was released on Monday. We touched on Dan Mullen's latest stops on the road, and we talked some Florida football and recruiting with James Littles on tomorrow's show. We'll continue the recruiting talk with Corey Bender from Gators Territory. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.